The information on this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not contain or constitute and should not be interpreted as any form of medical advice or opinion. You should always seek the advice of your healthcare provider about any questions or concerns that you may have. Welcome back to the Building Healthier Relationships podcast. On this show, we interview mental health professionals about abusive, toxic and healthy relationships. It is our hope that these interviews help you cultivate safe relationships. Gaslighting is a form of manipulation and is challenging your reality. Lying is creating a new reality, right? So if you're saying, um, I saw you calling this girl last night and they're like, no, but I didn't. Now they're they're making sure that you are starting to question your reality and they're manipulating you into believing their reality. So lying is all about creating an abstract thought, an alternative reality that doesn't really exist. Hello everyone, my name is Juliana Aiken. I'm the host of Building Healthier Relationships podcast and the co-founder of Unfiltered. Today I'm interviewing Dr. KP, a PhD level clinician, licensed clinical social worker, researcher, advocate and coach. She has had the privilege to be in the mental health field for 21 years, serving individuals, couples and families in different settings. She is currently serving individuals, couples and families in her private practice. So, are you unsure what exactly gaslighting is? If so, this episode is for you, because Dr. KP is going to guide you through five different scenarios and explain why they are examples of gaslighting. Hi, Dr. KP. Thank you for joining me today. It's nice to speak with you again. Hi, thank you for having me. It's always nice to be back. That's nice to hear. So in today we are going to talk a lot about gaslighting and we are going to focus on different phrases and then figure out and kind of look at why these following phrases would be a signs of gaslighting or a sign of gaslighting. And some of them are uh, could be like a little bit similar with each other. So we're going to talk about... Uh, talk about each of the phrases kind of going back and forth sometimes. But let's start with the first one now. And the first sign, uh, I mean, the first phrase is, why is telling blatant lies a sign of gaslighting? Okay, so I think I would like to back up a little bit into defining what gaslighting is, right? So there's a fun fact out there is that gaslighting was actually just chosen as the word of the year um by the merriam-webster um dictionary because it's one that a lot of people are finding or searching and that's usually how they choose the word of the year so i think it was chosen this week just kind of fun that we align gaslighting as the title of this podcast in the same week that this was the the word of the year uh and so that tells you that a lot of people are trying to find out what it is how to identify it and kind of like what what can i do about it which is hopefully what we're going to be covering today so let's start with the definition of what gaslighting is and i'm going to be reading it from the actual um dictionary definition of it it says is it money a psychological manipulation of a person usually over an extended period of time that causes the victim to question the validity of their thoughts 
the perception of reality or memories and typically leads to confusion, lots of confidence and self-esteem, certainly uh, of one of emotional or mental stability and a dependency on the perpetrator. So that is the actual definition of it. In the short, is this idea that you start to lose the sense of kind of reality, start questioning yourself. I'm gonna be covering a lot of that. But I wanna point out that it's defined as emotional abuse and psychological manipulation. So those are the key words here, manipulation, abuse. They're not just having an opposite point of view, they're doing this to try to manipulate you, to change your behavior in something that is gonna be a game for them. Because some people are like, well, how do I know if I'm being gaslighted? Well, you, that's the definition. Are you being manipulated? And I, I can show the science later on. Another fun fact is that actually this came from a play, a play in a movie from 1938. So in, I'm an acculturation researcher and I don't have it in actual translation for this to a different language. So it's a very unique thing to the English language. I don't know in any other language if there is an actual, there's not an actual translation. Uh, in Spanish, it will be just psychological abuse. We don't have a gaslighting translation mm -hmm. because it's very much the definition that this movie gives. I mean, there were the husband was trying to manipulate the wife to feel insane. And in the process of it, there were some lights that were dimming. And that's where the whole gaslighting term came from. So I think it's important sometimes with languages, if they don't have the actual terminology for it, they're gonna be confused as of what's, what's gaslighting? How do you translate it into my language? And you may not have a translation. I think that was important too, because we don't have it in Spanish. Okay, and so let's go back now that we know a little bit of the history and now we know the definition. Let's go back to the first kind of sign that you may be gaslighting, right? So it was related with lies. Mm. Yeah, why is telling pleasant lies? Why would that be a form of gaslighting? A form of gaslighting. So again, if, if gaslighting is a form of manipulation and it's challenging your reality, lying is creating a new reality, right? So if you're saying, um, I saw you calling this girl last night and they're like, no, but I didn't. Now they're they're making sure that you are starting to question your reality and they're manipulating you into believing their reality. So lying is all about creating an abstract thought, an alternative reality that doesn't really exist. Mm. Mm. And now a little follow-up question. Why would creating this alternative reality... Uh, why would someone do it? How does it benefit someone? Control. So if I have my own narrative into what I will impose on you, that is a reality, then now I have control over you, your thoughts, your life, right? And I, I, then I ask you to question your reality, which takes away power from you, right? So if you start questioning, oh, did, am, I, am I making up things? Was I dreaming? all these things, then now they have control over you. The patterns that we have followed with, whether it's narcissist or abuse, is really about power and control. And I wanna make sure that people go back to that. If you feel like you don't have power or control in your relationship, it's considered to be abusive. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And uh, especially in the 
short example that you just gave that oh well if for example if you ask someone hey why did you call this person and then they say no i didn't if you think about if they did tell the truth which would be oh yeah i did that could be like very inconvenient for them because it would for example result in a very long conversation about why are you calling this person for example the person could be x or could be someone that they like really shouldn't be calling to so then it's like they create this alternative reality because the truth simply is just inconvenient inconvenient for them to like say it out loud so it's kind of easier to just say a lie and that's why that that way they gaslight you like like you said if you start to doubt your reality because of it and do you think that also there this is just like um kind of different reasons why would they create the alternative reality but if we think about narcissistic people they have very um they have this straight kind of arrogance that oh i'm entitled to whatever i want whenever i want so i, I can behave by my own rules that only apply to them because if someone else would behave the way I behave I would be furious so do you think how much kind of their arrogance plays in in this when they create their kind of you know alternative realities when they tell lies yeah yeah it plays a lot because they feel like as you mentioned they feel entitled most people that don't have the sense of grandiosity wouldn't believe that they can get away with it Mm, like the average person if you're telling me I saw you and I did in fact was on the phone my first response is not likely to challenge it. I may make excuses. I may say maybe I was talking to someone else or maybe the the nature of what we were talking or maybe a healthy person will say, yeah, I was calling them and let's have that conversation, Mm -hmm. right? But these people are so, as you mentioned, arrogant and the sense of grandiosity um, and it, there's different, the, the two types of, of narcissists, some of them are not grandiose, some of them are vulnerable, right? And they come from different experiences. So it's just important for you to realize that regardless of the why, and I'm, I know we were commenting about this, I know a lot of people get caught up in the why. Why do they do this? Why do they do that? And trust me, as a therapist, I am, in, in, as a researcher, I'm constantly in the search of the why. But I think most importantly, if you are caught up in this type of relationship, then you can wonder why, if you want to wonder about a lot of whys, why am I still in this relationship? Why do I accept this behavior? The whys have to go both ways, right? And sometimes the why is not, it's not as important as the action that you need to take. The reality is that it's happening regardless of the why. So what can I do to avoid this from happening again or from continuing to be in the cycle? Because the honest truth is that, as I mentioned, I think it was in the first podcast that I did, is that there's no clear-cut science behind why narcissists are the way they are or they behave in the way they are. There's the nurture versus nurture, all of that thing. But So don't get – my my um, advice is not to get too caught up on the why, but to look at the reality, believe when people show you who they are, and take action. Thank you. And uh, then – the next phrase, we a little bit talked about this um, when you, well, the next phrase is like, why is someone denying they ever said something, even though you have proof, a sign of gaslighting? And then you said like, 
when we talked about the last phrase, you said that, well, a healthy person wouldn't deny that because they clearly were in the situation. Though, so they can see that kind of the other person seeing them calling someone is the proof. So they would be like a, like a more healthy person. Yeah, they would maybe make excuses. That, that's that, like uh, that thing that you said. So so um, is there anything like else? What would you say? This is again, like you said that we shouldn't get too much on the question why, but like w- <laughs> why? But why? <laughs> why someone? <laughs> the why? Why someone if you actually show them proof? Like let's say you have pictures, you have recordings, you have something like that or like all that kind of stuff. How they still, how someone can still like deny it against all the proof it's in front of them their eyes yeah yeah again it's the sense of entitlement i think it's important if you're wondering why you're like i can't believe this is happening that really means that you have a healthy mind that this is hard for you to understand how why it's happened like how is this even possible so that's a good sign if you're wondering otherwise that's a good sign that you're not likely to do the same, we, which makes it that you probably have a healthy view on relationships. The, in, from the other side, the whys can be very individual for each individual. And if, if you talk to professionals who treat people who have narcissistic personality disorder, they will tell you that they don't all are not in the same size, shape and form. They're not all the same. So the whys are very individual to that one person but generally it's because of power and control and because they feel entitled to create their own reality. So that's the more general question that I can answer that I can give to most of it that apply to most people. But ultimately there is a why for every situation and every person that again, we will never know. Mm, Yeah, we will never know. But one, one, like, again, like uh, one example that came to my mind, of this why they would do this and like you said you you mentioned uh, like the power and control and then the other one that came to my mind was like that they somehow or i mean they want to maintain their own self-perception like they have this perception of themselves as a certain thing so let's say that some in the example that someone sees themselves as honest the narcissist or the very toxic person sees themselves as honest. So when they are caught in a lie, they want to maintain that perception to themselves as well. So like, let's say then someone shows them the proof, they still want to deny it because they have this image of themselves that no, I'm not a liar. I'm, I'm not, I'm an honest person. So that's why I need to deny this, this stuff. But what do you think if someone, um, you know, just denies, even though they see it right in front of their eyes, does it make art doesn't that sounds to me that then it's pretty intentional Mm -hmm. behavior. So this is very interesting. I'm so glad you brought this up because it's actually connected with the different types of narcissists. And I don't know if you've covered this in your podcast before the grandiose versus the vulnerable uh, type, but they're different. Well, you, if you could like very like if you could go them through, it would be helpful for yeah yeah yeah. So briefly, uh, the grandiose type of narcissist is pretty similar to what you're mentioning. They truly believe of this persona. They think they're superior. They think they're better than people. They're usually created by being in a family that has told them you're better than anybody. They usually have love, empathy, all of that. The other type is the more vulnerable 
And that one usually comes in the research behind it is usually comes from people that had the opposite, that had very abusive or neglected childhood. And now they have a very self-esteem, low self-esteem, and they make up this persona to overcompensate for what they didn't have or they don't believe themselves they have. So there's two types and there may be two different reasons why they're doing it. If they have already a low self-esteem and they already see themselves perceive internally as less than, it's more of an act that they're putting out there. So they all they do know they're not being honest and they just it's an act that they're putting out there. If they're grandiose and they think I'm better than you, regardless of what you say, it's not what you think you are, it's not as purposeful. It's just this really really not rational idea of who they are that is like almost superpower i can't do any wrong so i think it's important to differentiate it if you're really caught up on the why and the how there's different reasons and and everybody's history is very different as of again as of the why mm. okay yeah great and um well now now that i then i started thinking about okay well if they do start to deny what are or what can you like think of the different ways they they could kind of deny i mean what could be the um, different manipulative behaviors that they use to deny for example let's say well okay you can deny by just denying and lying or you could deny by going into a rage kind of making taking the focus away of the situation that oh i'm denying so you just start to rage for example are there any other that you can think of no oh, yeah yeah they're endless yeah man manipulation can go so many ways they they turn it into yourself they turn it into so for example with the example that you're giving okay or, or we're using i wasn't on the phone or if i was how dare you question me who do you think you are and now they're now enraged because you don't trust me and like, but that's not where we are. Or you, I do it because I love you. It's it's a one that is constantly being said. You know that I do it because I love you. Or um, you know I'll never do anything with intention of hurting you. Right? They go back to intentionality, regardless of what you're feeling. So, oh yeah, the the manipulation tactics are can be endless, and they're very dependent on the individual, their relationship, your weaknesses because they use that against you, right? If they know you're a little mm -hmm. insecure, they may say, this is all about your insecurity again. Here you go with your daddy mm -hmm. issues. Mm -hmm. All of this, yeah, that's that's like endless. They use whatever tool and weapon they have against you because they know your weaknesses more than most people, yeah. sometimes yourself. Yeah, yeah. And then, then I would add also like, also I think the denying could manifest in the form of them just kind of going to a silent treatment, kind of ignoring the reality. They are like, because it's hard to pick a fight or hard to continue a conversation if someone is just like, they are not answering you. Like, how do you then, <laughs> how do you then confront someone? Yeah, they go to withdraw. Yeah, we call that withdrawal and that's a manipulation tool to stop communication with you so they can have again, power and control in that situation. And there again, there's not much that you can do about that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and uh, you already mentioned uh, the if someone uses your weaknesses against you. So then the next phrase that we have here is like someone is asking like how or why is someone using what is near and dear to you as like as a weapon, a sign of gaslighting. And 
like here you said that that's again it relates to the power and control right that's right that's right they, they want to make you even more vulnerable and they know that if they are kind of poking on those vulnerable spaces you're going to have an emotional response and as long as you have an emotional response they're in control it doesn't have to be a good positive one as long as you have it they know they have you again in their control what role does um get like i'm thinking about when they get out a negative response or any kind of response out of you does that help them to regulate their own emotions because i've heard many times that sometimes people experience that the toxic person in their life they just might start an argument or like out of nowhere kind of like everything is fine and then just something happens they just come and say like they for example come and say uh, use some of your weaknesses against you like out out of nowhere so has the, uh, how often like what is the role of them trying to soothe themselves by trying to interact with you negatively or actually just hurting you how are they related those two Yeah, no, I, I go back to power, power, because the power is soothing. It really is. I know it sounds simplistic, but it's abusive relationships are about power and control. If they feel that they're not in control of you, they're going to find a way in picking a fight and using your vulnerability is one of them. So after I have control over you, ah, now it feels good. I know it sounds very scary because it is and that's why there's resources like the one that was created and that's why we need to talk about these things because it's very scary to think that someone will feel better by having control over you but it's a reality and that's what abusive relationships continue to happen if people don't recognize that and don't try to use the skills to try to get out of those relationships they will continue to happen yeah i agree uh then the Next phrase is, why is someone wearing you down over time a sign of gaslighting? I think I guess what your, <laughs> what's your answer is <laughs> power and control. <laughs> so that they I have know, power. I know. Yeah. And that, that yeah. is like, uh, that is very true. Like, I don't know what else to add, because if you think about someone who is like not like kind of an empty empty shell a ghost anymore of their like previous selves and someone who just agrees to like let's say the narcissist or toxic person comes to you and says you are this and like add something negative you are this and you are that you are never going to make it without me and you know bunch of negative things or then you agree with it because you you are already you, your sense of self has been kind of destroyed Or that you say something, hey, why did this happen? And then they say, well, it didn't happen. Then you believe it because you have been gaslighted again. It's I think those are like signs that you have been word wore down, wore down. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you have something to add or? Yeah. No. It's just it, I know it's hard when you have a healthy brain and lifestyle and relationship to believe that someone will be satisfied and will want complete control over someone to feel happy but that's why we are addressing this abusive narcissistic mentality of they're almost like they want you to be a zombie like they don't want you to be assertive they don't they just want you like to follow up their direction 
to say yes to everything, to just let allow yourself to be manipulative. That's when they're they're most happy because they feel like they have complete control over you. So the more that they do that, and the more that you feel defeated, and the easier that they can get to you, the more control they have over you, the more satisfied they feel. And we go into the cycle. So that's why if this person feels like they wear you down like it's so much. That is their ultimate goal for you to feel like, you know what, whatever you want, whatever you say. Or I'm not even going to bring it up to him or her because they're not going to accept it. They're going to deny it. So I might as well keep it to myself. That's it. That's what they want. Mm-hmm. Then uh, I have seen in many forums or actually Facebook groups, people uh, advise uh Mm, people who are in these relationships to use methods like gray rock or do not engage in any interaction with them like while trying to get out obviously but like for now just not do not give them any kind of supply so it could look like like agreeing even though when in your mind you are like well I'm not agreeing but I'm I don't want to give them the satisfaction that could come out from engaging into a huge conflict and then they win because I just get too tired of it because they won't like give up so do you think like if you let's say you become this zombie like you say yes to everything and then they try to engage in a negative confrontation with you but they can't engage you because you simply are kind of checked out emotionally from the relationship do you think there is a, a how um well Obviously, every everyone is different. Like we have, like said many, like you have said many times in this podcast. But what could be the different responses that this could, um, like, how would a narcissist or a toxic person re- then, uh, how would they react to a person who has become a zombie? Do they get frustrated? Do they increase their abuse? Do they? leave you because you are no longer anymore a source of like enough supply like do or is it just yeah do you have any anything any thoughts about that yeah so i get i think it all depends yeah it's hard to generalize this kind of topics without knowing the details about the specific person i I, i've seen it both ways i've seen it they're super happy that now you're not offering any resistance and i'm in control of you and you're like my little puppy my zombie my puppet, I get to treat you and do whatever I want with you. And that was ultimately their goal, entering this relationship or any relationships. I've also seen it that they get excitement by this sense of going back and forward. And if you're not engaging, they'll go further and further and further until they get some emotional response from you. So it really, it all depends. It all depends on them, the reasoning why they're behaving this way, the patterns of different relationships, So ultimately, regardless of of how far they'll go, whether they're okay with you being a zombie or not, my goal, anytime that I'm engaging in this kind of conversations and why I volunteer my time is for people to recognize that this is abuse and you do not deserve to be in an abusive relationship regardless. You deserve to be in a healthy relationship. So just recognize it and know, regardless of whether I'm a zombie or I'm still offering resistance, I shouldn't be in this position and I hopefully I can find ways to do something about it. Could you talk about more intermittent reinforcement? 
Yeah. So I think what happens is that often, again, it all depends on the person, but I think this is an example of when it goes to more physical abuse. It can go to physical abuse. Whenever you start going into that non-emotional and responsive, then they're going to try to hurt you in any way that they can how they know how. And then sometimes the next step for that is to physically abuse you, to get a physical response of pain from you. So again, this is not good um, news and it's likely to continue to elevate to different levels of abuse unless you find ways to be out of that relationship or stop it or have them get the help that they need. Because these are people that obviously need psychological help is just oftentimes they're not the ones that come to a therapist's office because if they're grandiose, they're, I'm good. They're the problem, not me. Mm. Mm. Okay. Uh, do we have anything to say to that? This person is also wondering that why would a phrase is their actions do not why is their actions do not match their words a sign of gaslighting so they do some they say something and then they do something else or do not do what they say yeah again the, this is sometimes part of being in the honeymoon period into I promise you I'm never gonna do that again this is part of the manipulation process to bring you back in right? I need to bring you back in to get control over you again, so I can still do whatever it is that I'm going to do. And they're very manipulative. I think we don't have to, it's important to not minimize it. Because sometimes it sounds, it sounds very simple to just say, well, leave it. Why are you in this relationship? It's not that simple. If you are a true manipulator, and good at gaslighting, you make it so convincing, then they're like, oh, this is the time. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're starting to go to church. Look at them. They're teaching Sunday school. They are, look at them talking to my family. They're going to Thanksgiving and they're being so friendly with everybody. Look at them volunteer at this shelter. I mean, they really use anything that you feel attached to, to manipulate you, to make you believe this is the time. And it's a never ending process because they're likely going to continue to do whatever it is that they did to hurt you in the first place. But it's not that simple. Those who don't know the cycle and look at it from outside can be very judgmental. And that's something that every time we meet, I try to say, people, if you haven't been in the cycle, it's very hard to even understand it. So just be there for people whenever they're ready. Tell them, I know you're going through this. I'm here for you when you're ready. The time will come in which they realize, okay, hopefully this is a cycle. For some people, it's a couple of months or one date. For some people, it's 30 years. Everybody's in their own journey and doing the best that they know how to do with every situation. It's hard. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, I think uh, we went through all of this uh, pretty, pretty like a uh, comprehensive way. Mm-hmm. And can we can we maybe end end this conversation with because now that I'm thinking of like if you usually like it, it was uh, the definition that you gave it was very broad in the beginning that you gave and often when we talk about gaslighting what what people usually first say that oh yeah it's it's like when they then th- i think the most uh, obvious example that everyone always gives that they do something and then they say that they didn't do it but as we can see or what is my takeaway from all the things that you said that it's not just like words gaslighting if we think about it's kind of this whole manipulative environment right 
Absolutely. And I want to make sure that we have the difference between manipulation and having a different opinion, right? So I may differ from an opinion of what something that we both observe. And that's healthy. People don't have to agree with you all the time. But if I'm using this to manipulate your behavior, now we're entering into the gaslighting arena of, oh my God, it's my behavior. So um, I have here things that I usually tell my clients is that, are you starting to, so how do you know if I'm being gaslighted? Are you starting to question yourself and your reality? That is a huge sign. Are you apologizing? Like, oh yeah, that's right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm so sensitive. I'm sorry I'm not trusting you when you're asking them about the phone call. I'm sorry and I woke you up when it's like 12 noon and, and they need to be getting up too as well. Like all of this apologizing, uh, questioning your, your feelings. Am I too sensitive, right? And, and I think the other one that is very important is that you start to isolate from people because they will start questioning you and you're going to have a hard time explaining what is happening. Right now that you're entering this reality with them, and you're trying to explain it to someone else, it doesn't make any sense. So you explain it to your mom or your, and your friends and they're looking at you like, hmm, like what is happening? And then, then you don't wanna have that feeling. So you start to isolate yourself because now you're living a reality with just them. So you become an island with them. And that's a very, very huge sign that you're in an abusive relationship that is probably gaslighting you. So I wanted to make sure that we differentiate all those factors that you need to ask yourself. And ultimately, when, I, when I'm doing couples work, which is my specialty, I remind couples that emotions are not to be agreed upon. So if I tell you, I feel disrespected, that is to be respected. That is to be acknowledged. Someone should tell you, no, no, you don't. Well, your feelings are yours and they're to be respected and accepted. It's very different than if you're saying you're being disrespectful because that can be questioned. Well, no, I'm not because that's an opinion. But if I tell you I'm feeling disrespected and if you're in a healthy relationship, it's likely that you need to make sure that you question what's happening and address things to them. And if they're not responding, then you have to take informed decisions. So I hope that helps. Yeah. And I, uh, I really, what came to my mind when you said the isolation that you, you go, uh, to your friends and family and you try to explain things and it doesn't make sense. And then ultimately you leave kind of that reality because it's, uh, have you heard of something called cognitive dissonance or can mm -hmm. you explain it in this context that kind of, isn't it that causes you kind of stress to have that differences? And yeah. Yeah. Can you talk about that? Or yeah. Explain it? Yeah. This idea that of living in different realities, right? When I'm in my environment, I understand how to behave cognitively. I know what to do, but the dissonance comes from it not matching with other people. So if I behave in the same way or I say the same things, there's this dissonance, this difference, and people are going to question it or say, well, no, I, we don't do that here. Or you don't have to apologize all the time. Maybe you're like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And your best friend is like, you don't need to be sorry about that, right? So again, there's that difference of, wow, I'm behaving in different ways. I'm thinking in different ways. Um, and I think that's what's important. I mentioned that I wanted to probably close with the importance of differentiating the spectrum of relationships because that's how I perceive relationships and that they're healthy, they're unhealthy, and they're they're abusive. And I use that language because I think a lot of people just feel that this is just, oh, it's not healthy, we're gonna get over it. But if you see it 
for what it is, which is abused, you may be able to react a lot earlier or be able to be less tolerant to this type of behavior. So if you're in a healthy relationship, uh, you're usually probably not communicating, um, you're not trusting, uh, being dishonest can be part of it. You're being pressured to do activities that you may not feel comfortable with or only spending time together. But when you're in a more, so that's unhealthy and it's likely to continue to progress to abusive, right? In an abusive relationship, you're communicating in a hurtful way, right? You're mistreated, uh, you're being accused of cheating or not telling the truth. Um, they're denying your actions. Their actions are being abusive. You're being controlled and you're being isolated even on purpose. Like don't go and talk to your friends or no, you're not going out. I don't, I don't allow it. All of this language of control is abuse and it needs to be recognized as that. I think oftentimes when people come to me, we don't, a lot of people don't have good role models of what a healthy relationship looks like. And we're all trying to create our own idea about what relationships are and what they should look like. And when we don't have this knowledge, we easily may land in that abusive path. And once you're there, it's hard to get out. So I just wanted to make sure that we give people language to recognize, no, this is abusive. They're trying to control me. I'm isolating. What can I do about it when I'm ready? Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, I think today we had a great topic and we addressed many, many important things. So I want to thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode. And thank you, Dr. KP, again, for coming, coming to this episode and sharing your insight. Yeah, no problem. It's always nice to be back. If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and share the episode with your friends and family. Have a wonderful rest of your day and see you in the next episode.